Welcome to All Ears, Senior Living Success, where we talk to industry leaders to make sure you find success in your community. My name is Matt Reiners, and I'm the co-founder of Eversound by Uniguest, a trusted provider of digital engagement solutions dedicated to improving quality of life for older adults by giving them the gift of hearing. Welcome back. Today, I'm joined by my friend Steve Flint, the Chief Operating Officer of Solstice Senior Living. I've gotten to know Steve on the conference circuit, and I just have to say, Steve, despite the title, is just so down to earth, so approachable, and just an overall good human being. And just, I think he's got an awesome story, and I know our listeners will get some value out of this conversation today. So thanks for joining me today, Steve. Thanks for having me, Matt. It's good to see you again. You as well. So, Steve, can you share your background and how you got into senior living? I sure can. Um, so I grew up in, in Oklahoma, went to college there, um, graduated from college, thought I was going to teach English, coach track and football. <laughs> Excuse me. I ended up loving coaching, um, but didn't so much enjoy teaching at the time. I, I think, honestly, I was just too young. Um, so I took a job running a country club in um, just south of Wichita, Kansas. And I did that for a few years, uh, taught golf lessons, folded sweaters in the pro shop, all those really exciting, invigorating things that you do. Um, then I started running the bar, the restaurant, um, and took over as the GM. And during that time, and, and I need to probably back up, my father was a lifetime military guy. So my dad was gone quite a bit with the army. So I had the good fortune of living close with uh, one of my grandfathers, which World War II vet, and he was my best friend. I mean, I did everything with my granddad growing up. And when I was off in Kansas running a country club, my granddad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And because we were so close, I was kind of the chosen person to help find a place when he was no longer safe at home. And gosh, back in the late 80s, um, what was available for a veteran with Alzheimer's was devastating mm. uh, at best. There weren't, you know, today there's these fantastic purpose-built memory care communities that are programming for memory care and really doing things to improve quality of life. Back then, that was uh, uh, not something that was going on. It was a nursing home in a, you know, at the end of a hallway with locked doors. It was horrible. Um, so I found a couple places that were new and I thought, man, they're new, they're beautiful. Nobody's lived in this apartment. Well, I quickly found out it's not about the building, it's about the people. And I finally, after moving him a couple of times, found a veteran's home in Amarillo, Texas that just loved on him. Just let him be the person that, that I knew he was. And even when he could no longer recognize who I was, I could sit next to him at the piano and he'd sit and play music. He, he played, you know, growing up, he played the organ at church and um, to see him be able to live a better quality of life. And I thought, gosh, you know, I really enjoyed the stories. Both my granddads are World War II guys. And um, I think I'm in the wrong business. So I gave three months notice, um, moved to Denver just because I wanted to live in Denver. I didn't know a soul. And, uh, Lived in a hotel for a little while and took a job doing staffing on the overnight shift at a hospital. Uh, went back to school, got another degree in healthcare, became a nursing home administrator. 
and uh, I was going to change the world for people with Alzheimer's. And, you know, it was exciting going into it with a purpose. And now I've been in this business 33 years. And I think the thing that I rely on the most is I didn't just fall into it. I purposely sought an opportunity to help and make a difference. So that's how I ended up in, in senior living. I ran nursing homes for several years. I uh, was in Denver for nine years, moved, uh, transferred to Phoenix, was in Phoenix for 20 years, and then moved with a former company from uh, Phoenix to Tennessee about seven years ago and uh, still in Tennessee today. Well, I love that story. And, you know, it's so much purpose behind it too, you know, especially trying to help improve the quality of life for people like your grandfather. I mean, I find like a lot of people getting to this space, doing stuff like that. And, you know, I've, I've got a similar story to myself with my own grandmother, um, which kind of inspired me to come and do this. And, be, but, you know, Steve, being the COO uh, of Solstice, you've likely have built successful teams, whether it's Solstice or at, at former companies, maybe even at the, uh, at the country club there. And I'm just kind of curious if you could share some strategies for creating a, a learning environment that allows the best talent to rise and become productive servant leaders. Well, I, I just think, I think we overcomplicate this business. It's, it's just not that hard. You surround people with skills that you don't have. Treat your team as partners, collaborate with them. And, and you know, I, I'll call someone on my team and ask them something that might be completely out of their discipline, but I just value their opinion. What, what do you think about this? I'm, I'm thinking about making this decision. What do you think? Just bouncing ideas and I think creating an environment where it's a safe place to debate, to disagree, um, to be something part of something bigger than just your job. Um, and we do, we disagree. We, we have some pretty good disagreements sometimes. And I think that's healthy. I think there's such a thing as healthy tension in the workplace. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to take the information and make the best educated decision based on the opinions of a lot of smart people around so I think that works. I think people want to work in an environment where they, they have a voice. Yeah, I would agree. And one of the things I learned, so disagreement is super important. And I one of the things that I learned early on in my career is, you know, you can attack ideas, but you can't attack people. And I think that kind of really changed the way I thought about di disagreements, debate, and really coming from a place of, you know, it, you know, egos aside, right? And not trying to get defensive, but you can attack ideas and, and trying to find the best solution. I mean, that's why we're all in this for to begin with. Um, my next question here for you, Steve, is, you know, in your experience, what essential qualities or characteristics differentiate a productive servant leader um, from a traditional leader? And then the second part of that question is, how do you identify and nurture these qualities in your teammates? Well, I look for people that people who want people to succeed. If, if you want to help people succeed, you're gonna do well here. If you want to be that lone wolf superstar that does it all yourself, you're probably not gonna thrive in this environment. Um, and I think you get one shot at integrity. I, I don't think there's such a thing as a temporary lapse of integrity. If I don't like a dog and pony show, if I go to a community and there's issues, let's talk about the issues. I'm not here to pick you apart. I'm here to support. I'm here to help. I'm here to say, I've made a ton of mistakes in this business. I've, I've run communities for years and years and years. I probably have seen the issue you're going through. I might be able to help. 
So don't sweep it under the rug. Don't hide it from me. Let me help. So I, I, I want people that want to come in and help people succeed, not people that want to come in and just be critical. And if, if I'm doing a site visit to a community, I want people excited that I'm coming. I don't want people to say, oh my God, <laughs> the CEO is coming and we better be, you know, everything has to be just right. And that's why we, we call it ourselves support team, not corporate. We don't have a corporate office. We have a support center. We, we don't exist without the work that's being done in the field. Um, I know I, I get a paycheck because of the work being done at the community level. So looking for people that want people to succeed, having fun. Um, the, the kind of people I'm looking for unleash the strengths and talents and passions of, of the people around them. Mm -hmm. uh, they build the team with attention to how each person's strengths can cover somebody else's weakness. And where you have a community, let's say in a portfolio that's, that's struggling, and you see other executive directors chiming in on email saying, hey, don't worry, I got your back this month. We're having a great month. I've got you covered. That makes you feel pretty good. It makes you feel like you've created a team that people know that even if they're struggling right now, that, that's temporary. It's going to pass as long as they raise their hand and ask for help and somebody else is going to pick them up. So, and foundationally, I like to hire people that I've always said people in this business that volunteered at some point in their life. I don't care if you coached little league, volunteered at church, helped with Cub Scouts, Girl Scouts, people that volunteer in their personal life do really well in this business because they've got that servant's heart. They're people that want to, to make a difference in the world. So uh, that's kind of something I always look for. Yeah, I think it's it's super important, right? It's it's how can we help thy fellow person and, and really just attack it as a team. And I know one of the things in, in reading your profile, Steve, you know, in addition to finding these servant leaders and really helping to nurture some of those qualities, you know, you're also looking to build a, a culture of, of caring and accountability, which, you know, is definitely an admirable goal. Um, you know, I think caring is kind of a, a no brainer in senior living, but I, I do find other providers struggling with this accountability piece. Um, and I'm just kind of curious, like, how do you curate this, uh, this culture within Solstice today? And what steps do you take to ensure it remains consistent across different teams and different locations when, you know, you're not there? Well, communication is key. Um, we communicate a lot. We communicate through, I know more about Zoom teams and Google Meets than I ever wanted to know. But truth is, I've learned a lot of new skills. I started with this company April 13th, 2020. I didn't get to see one of my communities the first year, but I was able to get to know everyone personally because I had them on the screen in front of me all the time, where it's hard to meet a lot of people standing in line for a rental car bus, you know, getting to one community at a time. So communication is key. Uh, something that I, I like a lot that we do, and I think it's important because you can get to the accountability piece only if you, you have the culture piece and the, the environment in where company culture matters. Lead with it. We'll hire somebody for the right culture, the right person, train them the skills I, you can't do it the other way around because you might have the great skill set. You might have a great resume. 
But if you're running everyone off or people don't want to work with you, you're just not going to make it in this environment. So communication is key. Uh, we have monthly themed culture weeks and they're a blast. Um, every month we have a theme and it's culture week and across the country, I don't care what community, what state, uh, everyone is participating in a theme. I'll use an example. Um, maybe it's, we had a circus theme recently. So all week that community with their residents and staff, they might be dressed up as clowns. They do circus food. They decorate the building. They all get on a, a camera with a Zoom call. We have a monthly culture call and we go through some educational things about our culture keepers, things that are important to us as a company. And it, without fail, every month we do a 30 minute educational call with some tip or trick for time management or how to keep the culture alive in your community. We get everyone on camera and they're silly outfits and, and, and I, I'm a little bit of a stiff and I know that about myself. It's put me so much out of my comfort zone. I've dressed up as a circus clown. I did a rap video for the team for hitting a target and it was the worst rap you've ever heard. <laughs> uh, but we're having so much fun. And I think if you lead with that, then it, it's easier to say, here's what we're accountable to right now. Here, here are the levers we need to pull. Here are the metrics we're looking at. Um, here's what has to happen for us to be successful. If you do it the other way around, or if you just try to have the accountability without the fun, without the environment, I think it's harder to get there. So... Um, <laughs> The culture week's a lot of fun. Our culture keepers are something that uh, we believe. Matter of fact, a member of our regional team uh, last week uh, said something and it just stuck. He said, our company culture is our best retention strategy. Mm. And that's so true. We were all, if I look at my leadership team, we were all people that were successful with another company. Yet we came together with this company to embrace this type of company culture where you feel fulfilled every day, where you have passion, where you can't wait to get to work. Um, and it's, it's nice at this point in my career to be able to say, I can't wait to go to work. When you love what you do and it goes by so quickly and, and you, your, your work family becomes very important to you. And I stress work-life balance. Um, and we'll talk about that uh, as well, but Taking the time to do fun things, stress the importance of healthy company culture. I think that's that's critical. Yeah, I think you know you make a great point, right? It's it's tough to hold, or it's it's tougher to hold people accountable when that culture is not in place. And some of those foundational pieces, like you know the trust, the love, and just enjoy being around people. You know, it's always I always find it wild that some of the people you work with, you're spending more time with them than some of you, even like your closest family. And you need to have some of those pieces in place. And you know your comment on your culture is your best retention strategy. It's, it's absolutely true. I mean, you know, there, you've seen some of the groups and the communities out there that are kind of a, a revolving door, but the people that are staying there, it's because they love the people they work with. They love the people that they're helping and, you know, they enjoy going to work. It's, it's not just a job to them. Um, it's more so a passion. And, you know, one of the things, you know, talking about culture, I think one of the things that comes into play is leadership there. And, you know, sometimes being in a leadership position can sometimes inflate egos. I definitely have come across them. I imagine you've come across them in your career as well. Um, but to me, you come across as 
just super down to earth. And I'm, I'm wondering, like, how do you maintain humility as a leader at the top and encourage humility among your team members? You know, I was an ED for a long time. Uh, and I try to be the same person today as a COO that I was when I was an ED. And um, I chose senior living on purpose. And one of the things I love to do when I'm out in the communities and meeting with the leadership teams in the communities is find out their why. You know, why senior living for you? And talk about why I got into senior living. I'd love to hear the story. I'm the same guy that grew up in a you know, small town on a ranch, Oklahoma. Um, nothing has changed for me other than I have an opportunity to share what I think with more people the way I see it. I talk a lot with our team about we're better together. Um, I've built a great career surrounding myself with people smarter than me. And I think everyone should be able to do that and say, I don't have all the answers. I, I, I've been doing it a long time. I have a lot of experience and I've again, made a lot of mistakes. So people could have an opportunity to learn from the mistakes I've made over the years, but not being afraid to hire smart people and saying, what do you think? I know what my talent is. I know what my skill set is. My skill set's getting the best out of people. My skill set's not you know, being the smartest person in the room. Never claimed it was. But I think once you acknowledge that, I think it's easier to get people to follow you. And um, I've got some people with me that have been with me for years and years and years because they know I respect them. They know I expect them also to speak up and say, look, I'm toast. I, I need I need a long weekend. I need a day off. Great. I, I appreciate you letting me know that work-life balance is really important. I don't want just what's left of you, nor does your family. Make sure that you're refreshed and energized and can't wait to go to work and you keep your passion, not just for work, but for your family. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, I'm not a clock watcher. Uh, we, we all know, and we talk about this frequently, we have a job to do. We, we need to get from A to B, and we need to do it with integrity. We need to take the high road. We need to treat people with respect. Even somebody that doesn't work out, if somebody doesn't work out on the team, it doesn't mean we disrespect them. It means, you know, maybe this wasn't the right fit, and we try to help them move, move on. So I, I just don't think there's a place for ego and leadership. I think there's, it's better served to have collaboration. Yeah, it's, it's a good point, right? And uh, collaboration is key. Understanding as a leader that, you know, it is important to take those breaks. I learned that the hard way. You know, I always pride myself on not taking time and then was completely burnt out. And, you know, as a leader needed to kind of show that, uh, you know, lead by example in that and took a week off and came back, felt like a totally new person. And, uh, you know, it's important to do that sort of stuff. Um, you know, we talk about the work-life balance and, you know, the senior living industry can be demanding and emotionally charged, you know, especially over the last few years, right? Um, how do you continue to promote self-care and well-being among your team members, especially considering the nature of their work? Well, we talk, like I said, a lot about work-life balance. I, I want I want to know that, you know, if your spouse has a change in their day off, that you feel comfortable saying, hey, you know, my, my husband or my wife, their day off is going to be this day. Would you mind? I'm caught up. Would you mind if I take that day off? Of course you can. Let me know. 
if I can help cover something, let me know. Um, and everyone knows my routine. I think we have a mutual respect. There's certain things that we all do that we know when to try not to, to reach out to somebody or to hold it for another uh, moment. So I have a daily routine. I'm up 435, work out, read, pray, organize my day. I'm in the office by 6.30 or 7. Now, I don't expect that from everybody on the team, but it gives me an opportunity to kind of schedule and organize my day, look at what I have for the next few days ahead. Because then I can do some things early in the morning and do some things in the evening to make me more free during the day to support. This is what I really like to do. Somebody has a question, has a concern, has a problem. Let's talk about it. Let's see if we can overcome it. Um, so I like to hear about from teams about what, what are their plans for a long weekend? What are, you, what are they doing with their families? Uh, what brings you joy? Uh, I'm bringing our leadership team into Tennessee um, July 18th, 19th, or 19th, 20th, I can't remember. Um, I have a houseboat, a lake about 15 minutes from, from where I live, and bringing everybody in, and we're going to have a meeting and talk about strategy for second half of the year, and then we're going to have a lake day jet ski, go out on the boat, play cornhole, just a team building member retreat type environment where people can recharge and get ready for the second half of the year. Uh, I can't wait to do that. I've done that for years, different companies, just trying to bring the team together, saying, this is my life. This is my personal space. This is where I reside. When I'm not at work, this is where I am. I want to share that with you. So I think it builds trust. Um, we do a lot of team building type of things. And, and I just, I feel like we've got a relationship and it, it freaks people out at first. I think if somebody's new and uh, we're, we hang out from a conference call and I'll say, love you guys. <laughs> it takes a little, people take a little bit of a step back. What is this? What have I signed up for? Um, but I do, I, I, I do. I love my team. They're my family. They're my work family. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're very blessed with the people that we, we have. And, um, I don't think anyone is afraid to say it's been a tough week. You know, can I have Friday? Can I have Monday? Of course you can. Of course you can. As long as we do the job. Love that. And then my final question here for you, Steve, and arguably my most favorite, but if you were just to give other senior living providers three guiding principles as we continue to move through 2023, what would you say? Be passionate about what you do every day. I think passion really drives it. Your team can tell if you're not. Um, I, it's so easy. If I'm, if I'm having a down day, something's on my mind, the team can read it all over me. So my first one is be passionate about what you do every day. Um, second one would be with the right company culture, ideas thrive. The team won't just bring you problems. They'll bring solutions too. Because they won't be afraid. Nobody's going to shoot down. And I love when one of the RVPs calls and says, hey, I've got a crazy idea. You want to hear it? Yes, absolutely. We'll do. Um, and then keep it simple. Communicate. Take feedback. Don't overcomplicate the business. We're in a people business. It's just not that hard. Treat people with respect. Make sure our residents feel welcome. I mean, number one thing, make sure your residents feel welcome. And people that like the environment they work in are going to do that. That would be my advice. Love it. Well, Steve, 
I really enjoyed our time here together. Um, just thank you uh, for giving me the time of the day over the years. Uh, really appreciate it. it. Just speaks to your leadership style and you as a human being. So thank you. Um, you know, I, I have so much confidence in our industry as a whole with people like you in leadership positions. So thank you for me to you. And uh, I know our leader, our listeners will get a lot out of this. So thank you. Thank you, Matt. I enjoyed it. It was It's a pleasure to actually finally get to hook up and do this with you. If you'd like to know when we post the next episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're interested in how Eversound can help improve the quality of life in your community, find out more at eversoundhq.com.